Welcome to the Project Speakers Podcast, a collaboration between Project Controls Expo and the Project Shatter Podcast. This series will go in depth with our key speakers and presenters of the Project Controls Expo, the world's largest event for project professionals. In this podcast, you will get a chance to get up close with industry experts. So stick around for a raw, informal and informative experience with your host, Del Fung and Val Matthews. In this episode, Dale and Val speak to John Holland, who will be presenting the Travel with Class 5 and 10 Estimate Accuracy at the Project Controls Expo Virtual taking place in September. For more information, visit projectcontrolsexpo.com to grab a ticket to the Expo. And for more in-depth podcasts, visit projectchatterpodcast.com. Now, on with the pod. Hi, John Holman. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, nice to see you again. It's always a pleasure to see you, John. Now, let's get stuck into it. Let's Tell us what this presentation on Class 5 cost estimates for the Expo is all about. Well, this isn't a giant topic. Uh, class 5 estimating is the purview of mainly owner company estimators who are working closely with the business development side of the house. Uh, one of the issues about these very early conceptual Class 5 estimates is that at the end of the day, when the project's finally completed, the cost is usually vastly greater than the class five estimate, much more so than the ranges that would be indicated in the AEC International Classification Standards, for example. Uh, so the purpose of the paper is to explain what's really going on at class five what does the class five budget number coming out of class five, what does that represent? And then what does that mean in terms of the range of possible outcomes after it passes through class four and three and so forth? Uh, there's a misunderstanding at class five of what the number is or isn't and, and why the range is so wide uh, for those estimates. Oh, that's great, John. And, and why, why do you think, is this important to projects? Why is this important to projects? Well, for owners, this is the, where the project opportunity enters the capital budget program. Where you, and the importance of it is that the business development people that are coming up with this opportunity Put a number on it. And uh, if any of you are an estimating, you know there's, there's a problem. And actually, we had one AEC meeting that the theme was called the number. Because at class five, this number, who we don't know actually developers, comes out of the sky. But we all have to live with it. And for every estimate thereafter, management wants to know why is your number different than the first number. Mm. So, the, the first number lets the project in the door, if you will, into the capital budget. Uh, it's the first opportunity to, to kill the uneconomic projects if we, if we need to, uh, but also to recognize there's opportunities to improve it. Uh, but if you put the wrong number out there, the more the, uh, bad expectation, it just makes everybody's life miserable thereafter, trying to explain why it's different uh, and it's even worse because the business people don't do things like basis of estimate. So you never really know where that number came from. So at AEC, we, we have a lot of standards for doing basis estimate and that, but, uh, uh, but there's a bigger problem. The problem being that there is not, not one single scope 
coming out of class five, there's multiple variations on a theme. And we need to uh, recognize that in our, in our estimating, if, if we can get our hands around that estimating, get our foot in the door with business, which often is difficult to do. That is awesome, John. And just for those listening in, um, you, you alluded to there, I think that, yes, you're going to be talking about all the troubles and the challenges with class five estimating, but just without giving it away, are you going to also give some hints and tips on how to get better at it? Or perhaps when, um, perhaps class four, class three, um, I don't know if that's going to come into the mix um, in terms of how we should be uh, managing the message around estimates, uh, budgets, et cetera? Well, in terms of managing the most important document, I think all estimators recognize is the basis of estimate. Without that basis, uh, it's just a number. Mm. Cause for disputes and so forth. Uh, the, uh, the second philosophy then is, is the level of scope definition, which is what uh, classification of estimate is measuring. And class five is this very simple level of definition. You really don't have much. Basically, you just need to know the capacity of the plant or uh, the, the footprint of a building and the general type of building. Maybe you don't even know exactly where it will be. Uh, the region, you might have six different still actively involved. So anyway, uh, the important thing is to document your assumptions about that scope. Uh, and you know, even if the estimate is just a single number that somebody came up, pulled out of the air, at least explain what that number is supposed to represent. So the basic concept of estimating class five, everything's very simple, very conceptual, uh, very stochastic. You know, you're using historical data, you're using an analogy estimating past projects. And uh, the key is to capture what that scope was. Now, the, the point of the paper is to state uh, to make everybody recognize that there are multiple scopes. So that, that is a very big misunderstanding. There's a feeling at class four and three, everybody's very familiar with defining the scope. We have a scope, the big capital S, but at class five, what we have is kind of a general objective and a, a, a paragraph of narrative statement of what this project's supposed to achieve uh, with very little definition, the fact that there are maybe you know, two, five, 10 variations of ways that they can invest capital to address this opportunity. And what happens is the business, whoever does this estimate, just they look at five options and they pick one as the number. And that comes back to not understanding statistics. They, they don't really know how to represent five options. So they kind of take the consensus mm -hmm. view of, we're gonna pick option two, we're gonna call that the budget, uh, and we're not gonna write that down, we're just going to make that budget. And so what we need to recognize is there are multiple variations. We need to document what they are. We need to have estimates for each one. And then finally, in this paper, we're going to discuss a way to uh, create a distribution of possible costs for all of the options, uh, rather than one number or one artificially narrowed distribution for one number. No, thanks, John. That, that's awesome. 
And just in terms of your presentation, who is it primarily aimed at or is it for the audience at large? Is it going to get quite technical in terms of estimating or can project managers that are looking to get into the field come and listen to what you you have to say? Well, half of it's going to be general, understanding of class five. So anybody that's involved in their companies, particularly owners, the capital budgeting process, uh, involved in early estimating at some stage, even if they're the recipient of the class five from business, uh, being able to understand it and then communicate between the estimator and the business uh, planners or whoever is developing the budget, uh, project managers, uh, business development, uh, and just essentially anybody involved in that front end of the project should listen. Now there's a second half, which will be a little more technical about how to quantify the distribution of possible, uh, the range on class five, and that may get a little technical. So for if you're a general project manager, you can maybe listen to the first half. And uh, if you're more <laughs> on the uh, technical side, you can stick around to the end, but we will offer practical tools for those of you that do risk analysis and estimating uh, that will be the final outcome. It'll be something you can use. Uh, it'll share actual spreadsheet illustrations and nothing secret. That is awesome. So you won't be too offended if people uh, get up halfway through <laughs> for the second half. <laughs> um, okay, I think I said this is not a big issue paper that will appeal to everybody. Uh, it's mainly going to be the owner side. Now, on the other hand, if you're a contractor or a consultant that's involved in consulting with with the owner, uh, you need to understand what the owner's doing and their budget process and where these numbers are coming from. They're gonna be comparing your numbers to that number. So you better understand where you stand and be able to explain why what you're doing as a contractor might be different than what their expectations were. So it could, it would be valuable to both owners and contractors and consultants uh, that are involved in that capital budgeting uh, upfront game in one respect or another. Yeah, brilliant. And just just one from from me, uh, John. You know, you've been around for a while. You've seen a few projects in your time. Do you know? Is there any pattern to when they pick these class fives? You so said they just pluck it out of the air. Uh, you know, in some of the experiences I've had, they they usually pick the least scariest number uh, just to get it through some of the approval gates. Is that your experience as well? Well, the first experience is that unless it's a mega project, which has a tremendous focus and publicity, uh, class five estimates are generally done by the business development community. It is not the, mm. uh, the PMO or the project community. It comes out of the asset ownership, whoever that may be, uh, some engineers, some planners uh, uh, on that side that are looking at all these opportunities and they just need to get something in a budget. That's, so the first, takeaway is that it's not done by estimators. It's done by engineers who think they're estimators and they have a lot of numbers, you know, at their disposal, but uh, not really understanding a lot of this concept. So, uh, so I think that's the first understanding about class five, my, my experience with it. Now, if you're looking at a, you know, $5 billion project, you're probably going to hire some consultant or contractor to do the initial studies. Uh, they probably have, that's the word, not so much an estimate, but various studies 
so that might be a little more formalized, a little more documented. But I think day-to-day, -day, uh, this paper can be more about day-to-day -day, uh, projects that are just short of being that mega, you know, huge uh, monster. Does that answer your no. question? <laughs> it, it does. It does. I think as well, what people can expect from John is, is that level of standardization and experience um, and structure, which I think a lot of projects are, are lacking for sure from my side. Um, one more. I know you don't want to give away too much about some of the practical tools that you're going to mention in your second half of your presentation, but is there anything else you can kind of tease the audience with now? Well, it's not all that exciting. It couldn't be much simpler. <laughs> it's, it's a little spreadsheet with a basically a decision tree. It's a variation on a gotcha. decision tree where you have multiple options and you're looking at the distribution of the, the whole potential decision scope. So, you know, in one respect, the paper is about talking about decision analysis and bringing that into our normal estimating view. A lot of estimators don't, a lot of risk analysts don't do decision trees. So mm. it's uh, showing you how to do a decision tree without having specialized software. They so asked about the software, you know, there are products like Precision Tree and others. Uh, but uh, this will just be a spreadsheet that does a very basic uh, using a Monte Carlo simulation can give you a very quick distribution for the average project, uh, not so much the, the high power decision analysis folks. Uh, that is awesome, John. That is awesome. Uh, I think we didn't give too much away, but I think we gave enough away to get people to come along and have a listen, have a watch as to what you will be presenting. If that isn't enough, if you haven't heard of John Holman, you've probably been living under a rock. Uh, just to take a sentence or two from your bio, John, for the listeners, you've done a lot of work with AAC International, um, but most notably um, as the lead author of Total Cost Management Framework. Um, and also you do have your own book that you published in 2016 called Project Risk Quantification. Uh, I wonder if you just uh, touch briefly on those two aspects for the listeners. Um, so TCM framework and, and your book. Okay, the total cost management framework is really a giant integrated process map with annotations. When I came into the business around 1990 as an engineer, I didn't really grasp how the project controls capital management work as a whole. And I uh, started developing this integrated process map. Uh, there's some, something like 25 processes from estimating and scheduling and, and things like that and how they talk to each other and how they're supposed to share information. So it's a gigantic process map and a very gen general view. And I'm not an expert in any one of them, uh, but what I was able to do is pull together a lot of experts that contributed their knowledge and so forth. And after I took me 10 years to develop <laughs> uh, and I was kind of burnt out with that. And one thing I came away from that was at AACE, uh, there was a gap on the library shelf in respect to risk management. Uh, there were plenty of experts around, but we didn't have much to offer. So as soon as I finished TCM, I jumped into developing something like 20 some recommended practices at AEC for risk management along with a team that we developed. Uh, and I became you know, increasingly aware in my career that risk was where the big problem was. Uh, 
not understanding it, not quantifying it well. And uh, that eventually culminated in my book in 2016, 10 years after TCM, on uh, project risk quantification. Uh, I'm nearing probably the end of my career. I don't have any more books in me, but uh, I kind of went from the broad uh, down to the narrow. I, I'm an estimator by trade, but I had this broad viewpoint. Uh, I'm now kind of the, an expert in risk, capital project risk, uh, but with that understanding of the broad nature. And I, I would, everyone should probably take that route. You know, you start out as an estimator or schedule or something, but you, you've got to have grasp the whole picture mm. of where you fit. Uh, and before you deep dive too far, uh, you'll be much more valuable as you get older <laughs> if you have that broad understanding. And this paper about class five is like that. A lot of estimators are in their narrow world of class three or bid estimates. Uh, you need to kind of step back sometimes and say, you know, where do I fit in this whole estimating spectrum? Have a better understanding of all that. So, so that's kind of been the nature of my work with the UCE, starting with the broad and then working down to now I'm kind of focused on risk uh, and uncertainty. No, that is awesome. Thanks for uh, giving us a, a brief uh, overview of, of those two aspects of your life as well, John. And people can go and find your book on Amazon uh, and all the great places that do sell books as well. And if you do want to hear a little bit more in depth from John, we did speak on the Project Chatter podcast in episode 70. So go check that out. But do get yourself along to the expo and listen or watch or, or, or hear, interact with John at the expo as well. Mr. John Holman, thank you very much for your time. We look forward to your presentation at the Expo. Yeah, thank you. Hope to see you at the Expo. Sadly, that is all the time we have on this episode, but you can catch all the speakers at the various Expos by heading to projectcontrolexpo.com. You can also hear more in-depth discussions from project experts by visiting projectchatterpodcast.com. And don't forget to hit subscribe before you go. From me and Val, it's bye for now. views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the participating individuals and not necessarily to the individual's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. Additionally, any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual.